Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. We are going to be in the book of Genesis. Come on, we got two chapters left. This one and chapter 50. And we are almost out of the blood and the gore, kind of, sort of, not really, because we're getting into the book of Exodus. But hey, it's okay. We're, <laughs> we're just going to keep on going through this Old Testament and working it through and seeing the beautiful picture of Jesus through it. And it's going to be an amazing journey. We've got uh, two more chapters, and then we're going into the book of Exodus, which is honestly one of my favorite books. And I'm a little jealous. I might have to trade with somebody to see if I can do Exodus uh exodus one i'm sorry no i i want to do exodus three i'm gonna look i'm gonna look i'm gonna trade with somebody no I'm kidding. but uh i love the story of exodus and how god uses moses to deliver uh the people of israel out of egypt and just kind of established order in the government and stuff like that and how god uses moses as a picture of what Jesus does in our lives when he takes us out of bondage and sin. And it's, it's just an incredible book. I, it's one of my favorite Old Testament books. And so I'm looking forward to that. But you know what else I'm looking forward to? I am looking forward to this weekend. Come on. We got Pastor Mondo here, not for the first time, but the second time, who delivered an incredible, incredible message last week. And I have had the privilege of seeing uh, what he's bringing this week and i'm telling you you do not want to miss it it's going to be an amazing incredible word but not only that guys mark your calendars and set your alarms because we have worship night this sunday at seven o'clock listen to me i was rehearsing with the band yesterday last night and i'm telling you there is going to be something special that happens on Sunday. It is going to be an incredible night. We're going to be doing songs like the one we just heard, the God of miracles. And just, I mean, we're really going to press in. I believe that God is doing something. God is up to something. We had an incredible time of rehearsal and worship. The songs and the lineup is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So make sure you show up. Sunday night, six o'clock, it's going to be, as Abby would say, fireballs from heaven. Fireballs from heaven. All right, <laughs> Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. Let's pray before we get into it. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you are the God of miracles. The fact that we have breath in our lungs is a miracle. The fact that we can be declared sons and daughters of the Most High God is a miracle. There is no miracle like the salvation that you have provided for each and every single one of us. And so, God, we just thank you that you've demonstrated your mercy to us. We thank you that we get to live another day in your mercy, your grace, your kindness, your love. And, God, that is something that I do not take for granted. 
Father, I pray that this morning we would see your blessings for what they are. And God, I just pray that we would take this as a new day to walk in the new mercies that you provide for us. And Father, I just pray as we read your word, that your word would come alive to us, that you would speak to us, God, that you would allow us to not just learn about it, but learn from it and apply it to our lives and bring transformation and change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, stretch it out, guys. Stretch it out. Wake up. If you got your coffee, take a sip. If you're like Pastor Harry, make sure you got your almond milk with your raisin bran. Um, okay, <laughs> Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. It says this, then Jacob called for his sons and said, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father, Israel. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel. For you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly. For they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Verse 7. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. Verse 8, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, he dares to who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun, will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend towards Sidon. Issachar is a raw-boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens. When he sees how good is, is his resting place and how pleasant is his land, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Dan will provide justice for his people as one of the tribes of Israel, Dan will be a snake by the roadside, a viper along the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider tumbles backward. I look for, I, I look for your deliverance, Lord. Gad will, attack, will be attacked by a band of raiders, but he will attack them at their heels. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide de delicacies fit for a king. Nephtali is a doe set free, a doe is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attacked him.
They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age of old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. In the evening, he divides the plunder. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Then, verse 29, then he gave them these instructions. I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre in Canaan, which Abraham brought along with the field as a burial place from Ephraim the Hittite. There Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it were bought from the Hittites. Verse 33, when Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, guys, let me see it in the chat. What stuck out to you? What stuck out to you? Deb Norcross said, come together and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. All right, this is fun. Because this is what we're seeing is prayers that Jacob is reading over his children. Now, your Bible actually might have a title on it. I don't know about you, but I'm reading the NIV version. It says, Jacob blesses his sons. But as we read through this chapter, <laughs> we start off with what really isn't a blessing. In fact, right, uh, verse 1, it says that Jacob said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. So first of all, I love that Jacob is functioning at probably the most healthiest aspect of his life as a father towards the end of his life. We know that Jacob had his favorites, and that's not really healthy to have in a family, right? Um, but right now he's functioning as the head of his home as the priest of his home, as the leader of his home, as the prophet of his home. And what he's actually doing is not so much praying blessings over his children as he is speaking prophetically over them, meaning speaking the oracles of God, speaking a word of, uh, of prophetic prophecy over his children because he says, let me tell you what will happen. And I love that the boldness of Jacob and the faith of Jacob, the, the courage of Jacob the, to stand firm in believing that what he declares over his children will come to pass, you know, and that's an encouragement to, to, fam, to, to parents, right? 
like you have the ability to speak over your children with authority to prophetically speak over your children the word of God, right? And I would encourage you to do that. You know, I, I know that sometimes when I walk my kids to school or I'm just hanging out with them over the house, I will put my hand on them over on their head and just speak prophetically over them. Josiah, you're going to be a worshiper that will make an impact for the kingdom. You know what I mean? Um, and just speak prophetically over your children as parents. Believe it or not, you do have some say in what happens to your children's lives. You know, that's why the Bible says, teach them in the ways of the Lord. And when they grow old, they shall never depart from it, you know. Um, but share the word of the Lord with them. Anyways, Jacob is speaking prophetically over his children. And he starts with Reuben. Reuben, he says, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength. Man, that's encouraging. I'm sure Reuben is probably sitting there like, yes, here we go. I'm the firstborn. I have this inheritance because in that culture, in that time, the firstborn had the firstborn rights, right? Which meant that everything was passed on to him. All the authority, all of the blessing as the patriarch, the leader of the clan passed on to him. But here's what we see when Jacob speaks to Reuben. He says, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. But then there's a twist. Turbulent as the waters, meaning inconsistent, all over the place, just like rocky, man, right? Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. Now, we have read 48 chapters of Genesis up to this point, right? And we have seen all the different ways that Reuben has jacked up, that Reuben has messed up, not just Reuben, but a lot of these guys, which is why we see this in chapter 49, right? But as the firstborn of the family, Reuben had claimed to it the inherited rights of the firstborn, but he forfeited that right through pride, right? That's why he says, excelling in honor, excelling in power, right? He forfeited that right in pride and immorality. If you remember, we read the story of how Reuben slept with one of his father's concubines. And we're not going to get down the rabbit hole of concubines in the Old Testament. But what we do know is that you don't sleep with something that belongs to your father, right? So Reuben's immorality is what led to him forfeiting the blessing of having the first right in the firstborn rights or the inheritance rights as the firstborn son. And I think that we could learn from that, right? Because I think that what we need to understand it there is that there are repercussions to our actions. There are consequences to the decisions that we make. There are consequences to the things that we decide to do. And it's not so much a punishment as it is our forfeiting the blessings of God when we choose immorality, right? And so we need to be careful that our actions and our decisions don't cause us to forfeit the blessings that God the Father has for us as his children. That's why we need to choose righteousness over sin, holiness over immorality, like 
our discipleship in Christ should push us towards his blessings. But when we choose to walk in ways that are not pleasing to the Lord, when we choose to reject God's ways, when we choose to walk in immorality, we can forfeit the blessings of God over our lives. And so Reuben was a very picture of that, right? Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel for you went up onto your father's bed and onto my couch and defiled it. So he basically says, hey man, you are not blessed. And you know what? Let me, can I just say, as a father, this is actually a demonstration of love. When you correct your children, the Bible says that the father loves those that he chastises, right? There's, there's, a, there's a blessing in correction. And, you know, it's kind of an awesome, an awesome picture of not spoiling your children <laughs> and giving them what they want when you know they haven't done right. You know what I mean? Um, so it's an, it's an amazing picture, I believe, of discipline in the family and not just in the kingdom, but in the family as well. Verse 40, or chapter 49, verse 3 to 4, chapter 49, verse 5 to 7, we get Simeon and Levi. Simeon and Levi, it says, are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they please. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. Again, here we go. Doesn't sound like a blessing, right? But if you look over the trajectory of Simeon and Levi's life and the decisions that they made, if you remember, they had all those men killed, never seeking the counsel of God whatsoever. And listen to me, people who are driven by anger will make bad decisions. People who are driven by anger will make bad decisions. That's why you need to be careful who you associate, associate yourself with. You need to be careful who you allow into your life because the Bible speaks about anger both negatively and positively, right? It's okay to be angry. It is not okay to allow your anger to lead you into sin. And this was Simi Levi's problem, right? That's why when the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. There is a such thing as a godly anger, but there's also an anger that will lead you astray, that will lead you to make bad decisions, right? An ungodly anger will let you make decisions based off of bitterness, based off wrath, based off of anger. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are to put away, right? to put, be put away from those things, right? I was doing, when I was doing my studying, I, I came across uh, this quote that said, often the difference between a godly and righteous anger and an ungodly anger is self-will. Often the difference between a godly anger and a righteous anger, a righteous anger and an ungodly anger is self-will. It's enforcing your own will, not just on others, but on God. You're saying my will is so much better 
than your will, God. You are surrendering the will of God for the will of yourself. And when you do that, it leads to a cursed life. It leads to a hindered life. It leads to not being able to walk in the blessings that God has for our lives. And that's what we see in the life of Simeon and Levi, right? Cursed be their anger, so fierce, and their fury, so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel, right? Being led by anger and frustration and bitterness. Think about what that does to your own spirit and your own soul. How scattered you feel, how all over the place people are with their emotions and their decisions and the decision-making that they make in their lives, right? Verses 49 or chapter 49, verses 8 through 12, we see Judah. And this is the first positive prophetic word we start to see within chapter 49. It says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Praise God, right? You are a lion's cub. Judah, you return from the prey, from prey, from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? So there's this royalty that 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 Jacob is praying over Judah he's going to rule. And we see that not just in the life of Judah, but in the tribe of Judah, right? As the rulers and the kings and the how the kingdom, the tribes were divided in two and Judah had its own kingdom, right? And Judah actually had the more righteous kings that came out of them throughout the years. And we see that when he says, you are a lion's cub, right? A lion. When you think of a lion, you think of the king of the jungle. There, there's this regalness, right? You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to, who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Here we see the promise of the Messiah being spoken over Judah and the tribe of Judah. This is pointing to Jesus. And this is why the Old Testament is so amazing because everything points to Jesus. Everything points to the New Testament. But I want to really touch base a little bit on Judah because Judah wasn't perfect right? Judah was not perfect. When, he, when, Jake, when Joseph was being sold into slavery, Judah was the one who came up with the plan to sell Joseph into slavery, right? I mean, hey, at least he was the one who came up with the plan to be like, hey, bro, let's not kill this guy, all right? Let's not have Joseph's blood in our hands. Instead of killing him, let, let's sell him off into slavery, right? Because we don't want that blood on our hands. We don't want the curse. So Judah wasn't perfect. Judah made some bad decisions. Judah slept with his, uh, with his daughter-in-law as if she were a prostitute, not realizing, but he made some bad decisions, right? So it really shows us the grace and the mercy of God that even though we can mess up, that even though we have made some bad decisions, that God would still bless us and speak promises over our lives 
and demonstrate his mercy and his grace unto us, regardless of the fact that we have not lived perfect lives, regardless of the fact that we have made some bad decisions. And let me tell you, Jose has made some bad decisions. Hello, my name is Jose. I'm one of the biggest screw-ups you will ever meet. Nice to meet you. <laughs> By the way, I'm the worship pastor of Fusion Church, right? We all make some bad mistakes. We all make some bad decisions. But man, I am grateful for the mercy, the kindness, the graciousness of a God who would send down his son to die for me, who would make me one of his children and allow me to rule and reign in royalty in this eternal life with him, right? So we see the grace and the mercy of God that he would count Judah worthy to be the line from which the line of Judah comes from, right? The Messiah and who promises that there will be a reign, that the scepter will be, will not depart from Judah, it says, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations. And we see that this is a picture pointing to Jesus. The obedience of the nations shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes, which means there's the beauty and like scent and just it's beautiful. His eyes will be the darker, will be darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. There's blessings being spoken over Judah. Verse 13, we got Zebulun, which seems to be the least of the sons, apparently, because he got one verse. Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend toward Sidon or Sidon. So Zebulun is going to be a little bit of a pirate. No, I'm kidding. He's going to be lived by the seashore and become a haven for his ships. His brothers will, uh, his border will extend to Sidon. Verse 14, Issachar is a raw boned donkey lying among a sheep, pen, sheep pens. When he sees how good his resting place is his resting place and how pleasant is his land. He will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Issachar, it says, is a strong donkey. Issachar was a large tribe. He was actually one of the larger tribes of the people of Israel, third in size according to the book of Numbers and the census that happened in Numbers. And he became a slave, a band of slaves, the, the tribe of Issachar, became a band of slaves uh, because of their size and the abundance. They were often targets of oppressive foreign armies who put them into servitude. And so thus they became a band of slaves. And uh, this really is a picture of how they would, of lazy, laziness and docileness and how they would not put into work. And so they would not, uh, it says he would enjoy the good land assigned to him, but would not strive for it. This is a quote. He would enjoy the good, the good land assigned to him, but would not strive for it. Therefore, eventually he would be pressed into servitude and the mere bearing of burdens for his masters, for his masters. All right. Verse 16. Dan will provide justice for his people as one of the tribes of Israel 
Dan will be a snake by the roadside, a viper along the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider tumbles backward. Verse 18, I look for your deliverance, Lord. 19, Gad will be attacked by a band of raiders, but he will attack them. I want to skip down to Joseph. Verse 22, Joseph, Jacob's favorite. This is where it gets awesome, right? It says, Joseph is, is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over with bitterness archers attacked him the archers were his brothers right with bitterness who were jealous of him his, the archers attacked him they shot at him with hostility but his bow remained steady his strong arms stayed limber and this is like i'm praying this over my life over my family's life i'm believing this for you right that though the enemy with bitterness will attack you, with hostility will shoot at you, right? That your bow would remain steady, that you would remain steadfast and faithful and strong and fruitful and fervent and consistent for the glory of God, right? But his bow remained steady, his strong arms stayed limber, ready. Why? Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob. Because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains than the bounty of the, of the age of old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the, bow, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. I just love that. That his father Jacob is like, man, Joseph has been through hell. Joseph has been attacked unjustly. Joseph has been mistreated. Joseph has been abused and misused. And because of that, I just pray. Well, first of all, he remained steady. His boat remained steady. He was faithful. He was fervent. He stood firm. He made it through all of that. Why? Because God has been good. Because God has been faithful. Because God has been strong. And you need to hear this. Over. I just want to encourage you that you will make it or have made it because of God. You will make it or have made it because of God. I said this on... Um, on Wednesday during worship and prayer, that maybe the reason why God is not removing you out of a situation is because he intends to bring you through. Maybe the reason why God has not removed you from your circumstance is because he intends to bring you through as the mighty one of Jacob, as the shepherd who leads you and guides you, as a father who cares for you, as the almighty who fights for you, as the one who blesses you from the skies of love, who blesses you from the deep springs below, who blesses you from the breast and the womb, 
the father who bless, whose blessings are greater than the blessings of ancient mountains. This is the same father, the same God, the same mighty one, the same shepherd, the same almighty, powerful God who is fighting for you, who is caring for you, who is feeding you, who is leading you, who is guiding you, who is protecting you, who are listening to this soap right now. And I just want to encourage you, man, stand firm, be faithful. There is a blessing that God, the Father, wants to pray over us, his children. And that blessing is for us to obtain. Let's not forfeit the blessing because we give up too soon. Let's not forfeit the blessing because we decide to make bad decisions. Let's not forfeit the blessing because we think that sin or unrighteousness or anything that this world or culture has to offer us is so much better than what God has for us. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm getting fired up. I got to get off of here because if not, it's going to be bad. My wife's going to come up here and tell me to like be quiet while she's trying to sleep on her summer off during summer school vacation. Anyways, <laughs> let's pray. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray a blessing. Father, we just thank you. God, I just thank you for each and every one of these people who are hearing my voice, who are watching and tuning in for this soap. God, I thank you that they are hungry for you. I thank you that they are thirsty for more of you. That is why they are here, God, to learn about you. To not just learn about you, but to also apply the truths of your word. God, I pray a blessing over them. I pray that the same almighty God who did it for Joseph would do it for them. God, I pray that the same father who cared for Joseph would care for them. The same shepherd that guided and led Joseph would guide and lead us, guide and lead these people. Father, I just pray that we would choose the life of blessing over a life of curse. I pray that you would choose your righteousness over the things of this world. I pray that you would, we would choose your will over our own will, that we would choose your joy and peace over our frustration and our anger. God, let us not be a people who are led by our flesh, but God, let us be a people who live by the Spirit as we have been learning over these past few weeks, who choose to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. God, I pray that as we continue into the weekend and as we go into the weekend, that you would have your way, that you would do what only you could do, that you would move in a way that only you could move, that you would speak in a way that you don't, only you could speak, that you would deliver, that you would set free, that you would heal. God, I pray for life change to come this weekend over many people's lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.